inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. We have defined social studies, described and defined the different types of social studies curriculum, talked about who controls the social studies curriculum, and now today we are going to discuss the teacher's role in the social studies curriculum taught in schools. All of this to talk around and through our basic question, which is, what is social studies? See, now you understand how much deeper that simple question really is. And in this whole process of discussing social studies, you, teacher friend, matter a great deal. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have a better understanding of how you, the teacher, have a role in what social studies is taught, and how it is taught in your classroom, in your school, your school district, and in your state. You really have the power to define the social studies curriculum, and I'll give you five ways in which you can become a curricular leader in social studies and other content areas too. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Let's be real. That social studies box from the textbook company sitting in your classroom is no good without you. That's right. That box is just a box, unless it has you, the teacher, to open it, read what's inside, decide what parts of the box's components fit with your standards, your curricular goals, and students, uses any of those boxes' materials to teach using the best possible teaching strategy or strategies. That social studies material being taught is acted upon and responded on by the students, and the social studies content is assessed appropriately when you're finished. That's a lot. I'll break it down, so stay tuned. But that box? It's just a box, until you make the initial interaction with it and serve as the curricular conduit between that box and the learning of social studies that takes place in your classroom. You, my teacher friend, have the absolute power to make or break the curriculum being taught in our classrooms. What do I mean by this? Well, without us, that box, it's just a box. It could sit there all day, every day, collecting piles of dust, or it could be opened, used, and unfolded into meaningful opportunities for our students. And we make that happen, because let's face it, the textbook companies aren't that creative. They might print the materials in the box, but it doesn't come to life without you. You're the spark that ignites the social studies fire, so way to go you, teacher friend. 
And that spark that ignites the learning fire is also a choice, a decision by the teacher to crack open that box in the first place, or not. But let's stay on the positive, shall we? Teachers make about a million decisions daily before 9 a.m., am I right? We're having to troubleshoot all the time. A student comes in late to class after we've begun the exercise, we adjust. Technology doesn't work, we pivot. Unexpected fire drill occurs, we go with it. We start teaching a lesson and look out at 25 blank stairs, we decide. And over and over and over, all day long. We make decisions about the curriculum we teach too. Open the box, don't open the box. Use the questions in the textbook or not, or just a few. Copy that worksheet or make something else up. Supplement with something from Teachers Pay Teachers or not. Use the printed assessment or get together with your team and rewrite it. These decisions are all about instructional decisions, and we're good at those. We know we are because those decisions are the ones we practice over and over again each school day. But did you also know that you have the ability to make curriculum decisions too? Curriculum decisions are different. They're the big decisions that are made. The buy the boxes, don't buy the boxes, what content gets written on the pages of the teacher's manual and the textbooks kinds of decisions. And you, my teacher friend, you can make curricular decisions too. Yes, you. You have the power to elevate your decisions from instructional ones to curricular ones. Yes, yes, you do. And I'm going to show you five ways in which you can become a curricular decision maker. Here they are. So let's get started. Number one. Ask what and why before how. In my many years of learning about curriculum, studying its components, writing it, implementing it, and teaching it to other teachers in schools, I learned one simple statement. It's so easy, I should probably make it into a t-shirt or a sticker for your water bottle. It's this. Ask what you're supposed to teach and why you should teach it before figuring out how you're going to teach it. Okay, maybe that's too long for the sticker, but you get my explanation. This sentiment holds true for social studies curriculum, but really, it's helpful for all types of curriculum. So that box, before you open it, or even after you've opened it, ask around to your fellow teachers and your administrators what the parameters were and reasons for having this box curriculum in your classroom in the first place, especially if it was just there when you showed up. I'll warn you, though. Sometimes the answer may be quick, direct, and to the point. Something like, the school district voted and we were given it. That answer will leave you feeling a bit defeated because it feels very far away from you and very much out of your control. And I did say that this podcast was going to be about gaining control, right? So hang with me. I'll get there and let you in on some ways to snap out of that funk. But here's one. You may get a more in-depth answer like, The district formed a committee of teachers and administrators who looked at a variety of social studies curriculums and found this one met all of our needs, so we bought it. Don't chuckle. In my teaching days, I've actually been a part of the latter conversation and even the committee, and I've gotten shut down quickly as in the first example too. So either way, don't stop asking what or why. You need to know because that's empowerment. Whatever the answer, response, feedback, or direct statement is, you need to know what's going on so you can figure out how you're going to implement this curriculum in your classroom or with your fellow grade-level team members. Whatever the answer, you have to know the reasons behind that box sitting on your shelf. 
so that you can find some ways to get behind it and make it yours. Number two, know your standards, including local, state, and national. If you ask any one of my former elementary or secondary social studies pre-service teachers, this is one of our first lessons after, hi, how are you? So glad you're here. Here's what we're going to accomplish this semester. Do you know the social studies standards? When I first started teaching, social studies wasn't as regulated in my school district. There was a curricular plan year to year in every grade for social studies, and it was, I found out later, loosely based upon the national standards and the standardized test our students in our district took a few times during their elementary school careers. So when I say upon the national standards, I'm talking about the National Council for Social Studies, or NCSS. When I moved to a different elementary school in a different state, the answer I got when I asked about the social studies standards in first grade was blank stare. Then, we teach whatever we want. Please don't stand for this answer. Empower yourself to rise above the whatever you want and make it purposeful, make it poignant, make it engaging for your students. And by backing yourself with standards, you are able to navigate the tougher social studies content because you have a solid reason why you're doing what you're doing. So when in doubt and you have no standards at your school, go to the national ones. They'll help you out a lot. Number three, use more than teacher-proof materials to teach with. Lesson planning takes time. I remember waking up early on a Saturday morning when I was teaching to plan at least my literacy block for the upcoming week. It took a couple hours at first. And then it got a bit easier as I put some systems into place, but I needed my students to learn from a variety of materials and not just a basal reader in the corresponding workbook. And how many professional development sessions have we all sat through where someone has said, go beyond the textbook and boxed curricular materials and teach that? It's like an anthem. Anyway, sometimes I had materials given to me by my colleagues, so I just incorporated them in my own way or their way if it really worked. Sometimes my students needed more support or even more challenge. And at one school, none of my team members worked together to plan. I flew solo there. So when I was finding additional resources or flying solo, I looked around for whatever I could borrow or modify or buy. There are so many different teacher-created materials out there in cyberspace, and they're great. Tip number three is making sure that when you do go searching for materials to borrow or modify or buy that they have a real purpose in supporting the standard-based social studies you're teaching. Be selective and make your time and money worth it. And most importantly, using a variety of resources will help make your teaching richer and more creative so that the learning becomes deeper, purposeful, and more poignant for your students. Number four, become an active implementer. What does this mean, become an active implementer? It's really just what it says. Be active. Opening up that box is one small way to be an active implementer. You didn't just let it sit on your shelf, did you? But let me expand your viewpoint in a bigger way about this. Explore and fully participate in training for new curricula that are being considered for adoption in your school. Or you could even ask to test a proposed curriculum in your classroom. It's a little tricky, and it takes some getting used to, because you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants most of the time. But if you give feedback to those individuals who are in charge of making the curricular decision, then you become an active implementer. 
All of these ways offer you the opportunity to become that active implementer of curricula and not one who's just accepting of the curriculum being used in your school. In the process, you'll be able to learn the process of how curriculum is written, how it's published, how it gets adopted, and even how it gets implemented. Like, if you get that curriculum that you're just trying out and you're flying by the seat of your pants, you're going to find some things really work and some things really don't. And if that one ends up getting adopted, boy, you've got a lot to tell your colleagues now, don't you? And this process is invaluable as an empowered teacher. So go do it. Become an active implementer. And finally, become a curriculum user developer. Becoming a curriculum user developer offers you full partner rights in development of the enacted curriculum in your classroom and in your school. Ross stated that teacher inquiry is a key element in the success of curriculum because it is this inquiry directed at discovering curriculum potential that leads to the change and transformation of formal curricular materials, and most importantly, the development of new alternatives that are best suited for circumstances the teacher is working within. In short, my friend, you become more thoughtful about what curriculum you're using and why you're using it, or even how you're using it. It means you're thoughtful, too, about what standards you're using or adopting, as well as the types of standards you're aligning with your curriculum. It means you're carefully selecting to use more than just teacher-proof materials, and those materials you're using are justified and sound. It means that you are actively teaching and engaging with the curricular materials, and if you're not, you're actively engaging in dialogue about why and trying to make good changes. John Dewey stated, Prospective teachers should be given to understand that they are not only permitted to act on their own initiative, but they're expected to do so, and that their ability to take hold of a situation for themselves would be a more important factor in judging them than they're following any particular set of methods or scheme. So go forth, brave teacher, equipped with the knowledge that you have a role in the teaching of social studies and in the curriculum that's given to you or sitting on your classroom shelf in that box. You have the ability to be an impactful individual, to understand what you're teaching and why you're teaching it. You are more than capable of making instructional decisions every day, and you're also able to make curricular decisions too. You deserve a role in learning about where the curriculum comes from, how that curriculum is adopted, and how it can best be taught in your classroom with your students. You are the key element in curriculum improvement and in curriculum change in social studies. So there you have it, five ways in which you can become a curricular decision maker. Here they are again. Number one, ask what and why before how. Number two, Know your standards, local, state, and national ones. Number three, use more than the teacher-proof materials to teach with. Number four, become an active implementer. And number five, become a curriculum user developer. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope our discussion today of the five ways you can become a curricular decision maker in your school will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout 
so you can remember the five ways you can become a curricular decision maker in your school. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com, along with today's show notes. joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.